Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the FPL show over here on FPL Dopada. Hopefully, you are doing well and hopefully you've had a great game week. As you can see, a little bit of a different setup here today. I've got Damo with me. How you going, mate? Not bad, mate. It feels very, very, very good to be doing this in the same room. Some of you have been speaking about doing for a while and now that we're, you finally are fit enough that we can do this, <laughs> it is nice to actually be here in live. Yeah, it's fantastic. So hopefully, you guys can start to get used to this set up a little bit so bear with us if there's some teething problems but if you haven't already there will be a link in the in the description of the video and the podcast to come over to the discord which is the stadium that we've got set up which is an opportunity for you to engage with some different fpl managers that we've got amongst that in our classic league as well so it's not too late to join our classic league you might be able to see actually in the reflection i'm just noticing that my uh, team score is sitting there because of the reflection on the window because it's dark but that is what it is also make sure you jump over to FPL Dopata over on Twitter because Dom and myself are sort of tag teaming that account at the moment. So trying to get a little bit more content over there as we go too. So again, a huge game week. The average points I'm just looking was 67 this week, which shows that it was a very, very high scoring week. It's very rare that we see average points sort of over 55 points, let alone 67. So I'm assuming there was a lot of high scores. What we're going to do as always, we are going to start with our lowest scorer of the week to talk through their team. And unfortunately this week, it was Damo. So do you it, want to talk us through your team? It was indeed. So uh, me and Paulie obviously had a slight little difference in what we did for the week. Uh, he triple captain Harland. I did not. Um, if you uh, remember back to our chat last week, I was very, very, very optimistic about doing this one as well. Um, decided against it. There is obviously a massive reason as to why I did this. And just going to get into it. There is a world outside of Fantasy Premier League called the real world. Um, for those that don't know, I had a massive car event I had to work on Sunday morning where I had to be up and out the door by 6.30. So that was part of it. I couldn't watch my triple captain play. And I think if I'm going to triple captain someone, I'm not yeah. going to be able to sleep, which means that I'm going to be tired for work and work <laughs> 10 hours. So that's one of the reasons. Yeah. Other reason is it was just so close of a call. I even uh, donated a voice chat thing to Raptor on his live stream. And he didn't talk me out of it, which was nice of him, but he gave me some good reasons as to why not to. Um, I've copied enough videos that Raptor knows what my account looks like. So it yeah. was nice of him to spend a little bit of time on it. It was kind of saying that even if you think he's going to get dropped between Sheffield and Bur uh, Sheffield and Brentford in that double, there's a really nice uh, there's a really nice late game week where they play Burnley at home um, where you can triple captain him. And he said, what stops Liverpool going on an FA Cup run when Salah might get two really good fixtures or something like that if you want to be differential? Yeah. So he, he, didn't, want, he didn't try to talk me out of it because he said he could understand it. But he also said that it's something that he would rather play later in the season if you need a chase or you need to follow the crowd to hold a rank. And at the end of the day, between my rank being inside the top 50K and uh, me not being able to watch the game, I've decided against it. My only big concern then after that was I should have captained Sullivan because I could have watched the game and it would have worked yeah. out beneficial. Um, outside of that rest of the team, Turner got one point. He was within 10 minutes of a nine-pointer. So it is what it is. And then yeah, it's frustrating. Um, Trippier, that's why you pay the premium. Your doji, uh, <laughs> within five minutes of a very, very good score. Uh, Matty Cash, uh, two-pointer. Madison and Son, fantastic. Diaby could have had a couple of assists. I am giving him the Luton game. 
Um, well, I know you might be holding him longer term. For me, if Diaby does not go against Luton, I'll be moving to Matoma pretty quickly. Um, Gordon looks fantastic. And as much as Cole Palmer's been this resurgence and a way to get money into the bank and, you know, et cetera, I do think yeah, Gordon has to good. stay. He's too good. And then there, Darwin. Off the, and we knew he was going to get benched for this international break. So to get a return out of Darwin's fantastic. And you might be thinking, Damien, 83 points. That's a great week, actually, considering the average was 67. At the ranks of 48K, that was a red arrow. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm now at 55K, so it's a small red arrow. It's it's one not much. Off. It's one or two points off the safety. I actually Which think it was two. Was your doji? Um, so, really? Yeah, <laughs> if your doji... Uh, was in the top, you know, if you five don't, more minutes. Correct. I'm, I'm getting a green arrow, even though it's probably the 42k. Yeah. Um, and he's it's holding rank though, at least, and move on to this week. And he just copped that, you know, we didn't have Watkins. Correct. And that's probably the big, the big loss there amongst everyone else that returned. And if I nailed Captain C, even if I went Son or I went Salah, and if I absolutely nailed Captain C, you know, it, yet again, it's another very strong green arrow into the top 30k, for instance. So to be only a couple, you know, moves away from a green arrow, uh, yeah, which is one's Captain fine. C, one's your Doji playing 60. I still think it's a relatively good week, especially when one of your starting strikers was benched. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I will shift over to my team. And the reason that I'm not bringing Dom's team up is because he actually copied me on our wildcard. So Dom and I have the same team, but I outscored him because I was the only one out of us three that triple captained Erling Haaland. And I know you've, you've mentioned there around what Raptor said. And again, I was probably the opposite. I was busy all the way up to the Saturday game, which meant I missed the deadline. So I kind of made my decision by lunchtime and was just like, I'm happy with it. I can live with Haaland. If he doesn't score, I will live with Haaland if he gets a hat trick. And at 19 minutes, I completely forgot that you were having an early morning and I've messaged you saying, Haaland's on, baby. Because when I seen him absolutely just turn, few strides outside the box, side netting, in my mind, 2-0, 20 minutes in, thought... This is going to be five. And there was about three or four chances that didn't fall to Harlan, where I was like, okay, if Doku scores one of these, 3-0, 25 minutes in, I thought we could have been well on our way to a Harlan masterclass and me well over 100 points this week. I then fell asleep <laughs> because the game was at bloody one o'clock in the morning our time, which meant that I could not stay awake. I was absolutely gassed. Woke up, saw that we were two nil, uh, two one. Sorry, and I thought, what the hell has happened? Credit to Deservey. I thought he was going to be too stubborn to make a move. I thought he would hundred percent just keep it as it was, and then that was it. So for me, it's a bit frustrating that Harland only got the one return because I think the thought process behind where we're at with Harlem was fine. Again, I was just saying the demo off stream and off the recording that you offer me eight points from Harlem. That's better than a blank. It also means I don't have to worry about that decision long-term. And we just had a really good um, comment there from um, SFC edit. So, Hey, going Jim, I can see you're in the chat as well. He goes, when, when the next double game week, that's probably what I'm going to have to sweat now um, moving forward. There's not really any double game weeks confirmed at this stage. Obviously, there's only the Man City one coming out of game week 18 because of the World Cup, the Club World Cup that they're in. So for me, it was just Brighton at home. Again, I've jumped on it early, but two weeks ago, I was 1.8 million and I'm sitting now at 364K. So for me, it was part of a bigger plan of I felt my team was in a good spot. There were three really good captain options this week. And to be fair, I've ended up picking the wrong one between Sun, Salah and uh, Haaland. But my momentum continues. I've had the same problem with Dame. I've got Udoji. The differences that we've got is I had Simakas come straight in, get the clean sheet. Definitely should have 
had a yellow card. <laughs> Way too yeah. many. Three fouls in the space of about five minutes. I was thinking, oh, God, here we go. Got away with it. And then after the third one, I think Klopp's gone, all right, mate, off you get. You got your, got your clean sheet. Same so, with Canate. Same with Canate. Should have been sent off. I'm not <laughs> going to sit here and debate that. That should have been yeah, second yellow. Red. Exactly right. And then where I've also benefited this week was Jared Bowen. So you had Madison, and I've been trying to play catch up with you for so long on on Madison. And Bowen, I think, is going to be that player for me that's going to close that gap a little bit because my midfield has been the area that struggled for me the most other than having sort of Brian and Bumo and Matoma early early days. So for me, and then I had Darwin Nunes as well. So Sun, for me, fantastic. I was praying that there was no Madison return because that was going to sort of squash my arrow a little bit. Although Sun gets the assist to Madison, that did kind of sort of smooth that out for the the Madison non-Sun owners. But if you had Madison Sun, you're loving that, you know, 23 points you got from them. So that's where my team was at this week. 94 points on the week, but that does include a double game week. No, sorry, double game week. Triple Includes captain. a triple captain. So I was reading the, the comments there about double game weeks. So I'm very, very happy with where my team's at. What we're going to do is quickly look at our side's Going into this week, before we get on to the main topic, you might have clicked on the title. You might have seen that we're going to be talking about Erling Haaland this week because there's a lot of different content creators that are talking about wildcard drafts. I can see SFC Edits is thinking about a wildcard, and I think there's just so much noise around the Erling Haaland move that we do need to address it this week. That's just my gut feeling. So where I'm at this week is Areola against Everton. Everton are very much a rejuvenated side. They made it very difficult for Liverpool to break them down at Anfield, albeit with 10 men for 60-something minutes to that game. I actually thought before the red card, Everton looked dangerous. Cavett-Lewin had a couple chances. I liked how they set up. They looked good on the break. I think Dyche has finally, you know, and he did this with Burnley. Once he found a system that worked and, you know, with Burnley, it was a really deep too with Ashley Barnes and, and, Wood. Uh, and Wood working off each other. I think he's finally realised that getting this more direct ball into look, Calvert-Lewin to win knock-ons and get people around the ball in the second ball. And Takure as that second striker almost. Correct. Bombing on from deep and being really compact and, you know, not being too high up the field. I actually think Everton have now hit that corner and what we were hoping from Pickford at the first half, you know, first little bit before yeah. the wild card with yeah. the good fixtures for the clean sheets might happen maybe the second time around because I honestly think if Everton played the way they did. And they're fighting for their lives. And like this, I actually think they're going to be okay. We'll go through that team in a second there, um, SFC edits as well. Um, but yeah, you know, outside of that, the rest of your team looks pretty solid there, Paul. Yeah, um, so for those that are, are listening along, so it's Cash against Luton, Simicast against Forest, Trippier against Wolves away, Diaby at home to Luton, Sun against Crystal Palace, Gordon against Wolves, Bowen against Everton, Salah against Forest, Darwin against Forest, and Harlan against Man United. What I've done is I've got a lot of similar fixtures in this team. So I've got two Everton, two Aston Villa, three Liverpool, to Newcastle plus Botman. So I've really used my wild card. And this is where I'm really happy with my wild card. I played it in game week seven. Then I have really targeted it for this run of fixtures now. So starting from last game week, from game week nine, I was prepared to sacrifice a little bit in the last, in game week seven and eight. Yep. And I went from 1.8 mil to around the million mark. And then I've gone bang, bang the last two weeks. So I really targeted game week nine and 10 as the 
let's hit these fixtures. And now I've got the Bowen and Areola fixture swing. I was very close to Bowen not starting for me this week, and I know I'd messaged you about it. At one point on Saturday, Matty Cash was in my team, and then I took the attacking potential, and thank God I did because, you know, although I did, I saw Aston Villa winning that game comfortably, which is why I went to put Matty Cash in because I saw them scoring goals. So end of the day, I get very lucky that Bowen does get a goal. I haven't actually seen the goal, but I've heard it's um, a bit contentious and yeah. it could have been an own goal. But I was rewarded finally because I had a few decisions early in the season that really um, went against me. So that's where my side's at currently. I can't get Damo's currently, but his is very similar to mine where he, you've got Madison and i got Bowen. Yeah. And that's it. So pretty that's much. the only difference at the moment. Uh, pretty much. My team for the next following week is going to be as follows. Ariola, me and you both got him. So he's obviously in net. I'm going to be playing Trippier, of course, um, and Matty Cash uh, again as well. Um, my other option on the bench is Guayu, who plays Spurs. And then obviously Udoji plays Palace. Palace. And I, as much as I think Spurs can keep a clean sheet, where you've got Simicus, I don't. And if you want Simicus, it's now, it's now or never. Um, and I'm in the position where I really want him. There's a couple of ways I can get to him. I've got two free transfers. A, I've got Lamptey at 3.9, but I need a fine point free mil, so I need to make two transfers to get Lamptey to um, Simicus. Or for me, and the, I'm leaning this way because my midfield five is very good, it's Yudoji down to Simicus, which actually gives me 0.5 mil in the bank to move yeah. Lamptey on down the line. Um, midfield five, five of Madison, uh, DRB against Luton, who I will say right now, if he doesn't return, even though he has looked good the last few, uh, he will be going to Matoma because he's gone 3-8-2-2 for the points in the last four, which is not great. Um, and then, obviously, Gordon's fixture runs too good. Salah's Salah, and I'm captaining him in Son Son. And then there's Darwin and Harlan. For me and my team, it, the the one for me is I want suckers so bad, and they yeah. play Sheffield this week. So there's potential to take even, you know, make free transfers negative four. I could even take a negative eight, or I can live with that because I get sucker in long term. Yeah. My issue with doing that is is it means dropping Madison and Son, and I'm not big on dropping players that are going to play week in, week out, have no European football. And a consistent role too. And are consistently ticking over. And I'm going to put a shout out there, and you can maybe answer this in chat, boys, or Paul, maybe give me your what your thinkings are. From what I've seen the Spurs, we've got 10 weeks, nine weeks of data. There is a world where I see Son and Madison getting to 200 points in fantasy this year. And it's a big shout and it's a big number, but I really think Son's on his way, uh, I think, comfortably. And I think Madison's been ticking over that much that he's, you know, he'll go yeah. close. He'll get to 190 and then might get to 200. If they're both getting to 200 points, which means they've been super consistent all year, should we not be looking to hold those assets the whole time and work your team around all those assets? Yeah. Which means for me, I don't particularly have a way to get to Saka unless that four five one draft of mine comes yeah. back from you know game week one. Yeah, and that's where this feeds into the question that is in the title because there's what an enabler. That, that is Harlan the enabler. So for me, that's what I want to get into because the difference that I'm recognizing with Madison and Son is the majority of the time they're they're bouncing off each other. So I remember the North London derby, Madison to assist, Son two goals. There's many, many games where Madison's providing for Son. This morning. And again, this morning, this, 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 it was the other way around this morning. Son provides for Madison. Richarlison got the first assist maybe, but Madison, yeah. again, was heavily involved in the build-up. Then there's a little bit of play there. Madison plays your doji. Oh, Madison plays Sun. Sun back heels to Yudoji. Could be a goal there. All the attacking threat, really, a lot of it is going through Richarlison, but he just can't finish, so I wouldn't want him. But 
it's a lot coming. And Kulisevsky is I today was the first time in a long time I've actually watched enough of Spurs. I've missed the first 15 minutes and I watched the rest of the game. He is so frustrating. If he had any confidence, he could be scoring bulk goals on that right hand wing because he just dances inside and then has no confidence to take the shot and he looks for that extra pass. There was one in the second half where it was like it was Opens. easy to score. It was nearly chill levels of why you're passing yeah. for. And I would be hundred percent if he had if he was just taking those shots on, I'd be going, he could be a sneaky, like again, locked in on that right wing. Brendan Johnson, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, nah, so Brendan's been injured and he's coming back from injury. I'm gonna put it in right now, boys. If Brendan Brendan Johnson plays over a Charleston, I think Ange is pretty much ready to go with that. And that's a pretty interesting comment too there, Paul, yeah. which we'll touch on in a second. And don't worry, FC edits and Dean, we'll look at your teams at the end of this little little segment. Yeah. Um, it is an interesting one with Brendan Johnson. I think he starts over a Charleston long-term. It's just a matter of when does Brendan get into the team? And I think if you look up his price here, Paul, on the secondary screen, it's cheap. It's six point what? No, not even. He's in the fives. I know we have Cole Palmer and I know we have... Um, is he a midfielder? Yeah, he is. Five eight. Yeah, I know we have Cole Palmer. We have Gordon. If Brendan Johnson becomes nailed, I Pedro know. Neto. I know that there is Udoji, and I know there is Poro. If you're telling me that Spurs are going to be lining up long term with Sun up front with Johnson on the left, Son, uh, Madison through the middle, Kozeski on the right, I'm taking a midfield three that contains Son, Madison, and Brendan Johnson for a long while. Yeah. And then the other two spots is Suller and Avcon, and then the one of an enabler or if I do drop Harlan, God forbid if I do, or I go to one striker and remove Darwin, it's sucker. And yeah. That could be really good long-term because there's so much value in the Spurs assets about European football. Yeah. So they're the big decisions to make. And that if you're on a wild card now, I think you've actually got harder decisions than what we had on our wild card because – Seven and eight. And then seven and eight. Exactly. Because there's a big fixture swing plus Harlan's data. We know he's a monster. But the data is not quite there at the moment for him. He's accumulated 0.3 XG in the last three games total. Um, That's the concern. And the way you can negate the Haaland stuff, you can cover him by Alvarez at least until game week 20 because De Bruyne ain't coming back to after Christmas. So if you've gone a wild card and you want cash, we're going to look at what we might do, and we're not going to just go with the standard wild card team. We've, I've got it in front of us, and we're not going to go through it just yet because I do want to talk about Harlan first. But there is so much flexibility that you can have Sun and Salah and Trippier and Saka with cash in the bank. Yeah. What that makes me feel is that Raptor's been speaking about this for the last two weeks. Although Harlan will have his weeks where he will go ballistic, will the collective of what you gain outscore what you would have? And that's the eternal question that for you guys, if you're wildcarding, you need to answer. Because if you think a combination of Madison Sun, Saka, Bowen, Diaz, Alvarez, Watkins will outscore a couple of those midfielders, but a Neto, Gordon, Harland, that's the decision to make. So my team's kind of set. I'm not in a position where I'm going to sell Harlan because the two moves, it's not really worth. You're not going to get the value in selling Harlan in two moves as compared to a wild card. So Correct. that's where I'm at. I'm not prepared to play a game with three transfers over two weeks in order to make those moves because I think that's just 
reactionary. I think if you've got Haaland, you've played your wild card, you stick with him now until your next wild card. Especially with Bournemouth in two weeks. Yeah, or yeah, after Man United again, which you know he scored picture. four or something, didn't he? Like a hat trick. He scored a hat trick against him last year. So that's where I'm at with Haaland. If I had my time again, though, on a wild card, I'd be very tempted and I'd be looking seriously at a front three that included Watkins and probably Alvarez in at the moment with somebody else. So, And look, touching on the Haaland thing, I sent you a draft about Haaland and I remember the message that followed. I said, why am I looking at this and why does this look so good? And, and that was back then too. And you told me that in game week eight and you, you did slap me around the ears going, no, yeah. don't do it. And that was before the period of blanks that we got from Harlan too. Yeah. So what I'm going to bring up on screen now, and we will get to your guys' teams a bit later on in the stream and the podcast. Good question, by the way. What game week is Avcon? I'm thinking it is like 22 off the top of my head, but we'll get the actual data yeah. and check that at the end of the stream for you there, SFC. Yeah, so for those that are watching over here on YouTube, I've just pulled up Harlan and Salah's data from this season. So Harlan in the blue, Salah in the red. We knew this year that Salah was going to be more a creative threat and we were prepared to pay 12.5 with an uptake in his creative threat over his goal threat. That was what preseason showed. He had one goal, nine assists in his five or six preseason games, whatever it was. It was mental. And you can see that's reflective in the data. You look at through balls, you look at chances created, big chances created, XA. But then when you're looking at things like XG, it's only 0.8 to 0.8. Yeah. So he's matching practically Haaland for, for XG. Big chances. Okay, fair enough. Not the same. Shots in the box. Salah's at 0.76. Haaland is at 1.1. Again, Haaland's the focal point of Man City's attack where Salah is spending a lot of time out in the wing. And granted, the first month of the season, Salah wasn't looking like a big goal threat. And that has changed in the last few weeks. If I change the... Uh, data range to the last five, six weeks, I think the attacking data would actually look more in Salah's favour because Haaland's data has declined and Salah's has definitely increased. And you, know, and you know why that is? You tell me. It's the 4 4 2 with Darwin Nunes being alongside him and Salah going central. That's the big thing for us. When Darwin's out there, we fluidly switch. Liverpool fluidly switch go. into a 4 4 2 and Darwin and Salah go quite central and it's Darwin providing data for Salah. Um, you know, and movement and taking away defenders and getting ourselves into more positions. And if you look at that, and I know Harlan's had some poor weeks, and I will say this, Harlan's had some poor weeks and he still has, what, nine goals or t- eight goals this season? The guy is incredible, right? He is incredible. Yeah, nine and not, one not, assist. Nine with one assist in nine matches. If you look at that data on that screen, right, and Salah's, Salah's and killing Salah it. moving central. And I know there's a couple penalties in that. And you can see Salah's heat map here as well, which if, is over the last five. If I'm on a wild card right now, which I'm not, I'm seriously looking at that and going, the collective beats Haaland in most weeks. Yes, Bournemouth, he could score you know, a Hattie. And yes, Man United could score a Hattie. But in those game weeks, if you can get returns from Salah and you can nail the captaincy, if you can get returns from Son, if you can get returns from Saka against Sheffield. Or Bowen you, in this fixture run correct. as well. If you can, If you can get Watkins and Watkins continues his form and you can nail a couple of defenders with a couple of clean sheets like a Trippier, you might even go Trent for the attacking return. There's so much you can do. I honestly look at that data and go, 
as much as Harlan's good, if there's ever a time, it is now or yeah. it was two weeks ago. Yeah, especially that he's only got one goal in the last sort of three or four games as well, which is what we've seen. So what I want to bring attention to is, for those that are talking about wildcards, I'm not going to hit the button on the 20 <laughs> because that would kill my season. This is it. not a like locked-in team, but this is just a talking point for us to start with. So there's a couple options that you get. If you're going without Harland, you can stay in the three-five-two and maximize that fifth midfielder. Yep. The other option you've got is you bin off one of the big boys here, and you're looking at Madison or Son probably to a more enabler in order to bring Archer up to a Isaac Wilson Alvarez, whoever you want as that third forward. Correct. That's the decision you got to make. And you could because Cole Palmer at four point nine mil was extremely good value. Well, yeah, five, five now. now. I think he's just gone up. Yeah. Um. Obviously, if you're looking at that team on screen, um, you know, let us know what you think of it. But for those playing along at home on Spotify, um, the two keepers is pretty much the staple at the moment. It's Turner and Ariola. Yeah. Um. I don't think there's any reason to change that at the moment. Nah. Both um, look solid. Both defenses actually look not bad. I mean, I know Forrest and Cedar two to Fulham, but I think you can get away with Forrest at home on a good fixture when. Two to Fulham? I was say Fulham, I meant Luton. Yeah. Um, but you can get Turner in on those good fixtures when they're playing at home, typically. And he's shown that this year, so I don't mind that. And Ariola's run now for the next six, seven weeks. And that's the thing. People have been talking about the numbers of Ariola, uh, Ariola and that, that it's not looked great from West Ham defensively. They have played, like, the big yeah. six already, yeah. you know, in nine game weeks. Of course, it's not going to look good. Like, look at the play. Look at who they've played already. Uh, Bournemouth, eh? Chelsea, Brighton, uh, Luton, eh? Man City, Liverpool, Sheffield, clean sheet, Newcastle, and Villa. Yeah. They've played the big boys. They've got rid of Watkins away. They've got rid of all the big teams. Their run moving forward, Everton, you know, they, they could score. I'm not going to rule that out. Yeah. But, you know, Brentford, Burnley, Forest, Fulham, Wolves coming up. You know, Man United don't even look good attackingly. Like in game week 18, I see a world where Ariola gets free bonus and they win one <laughs> because Man United aren't great. And you still get Turner's Everton, Fulham and Wolves fixtures in the middle of all that too. And in 18, they play Bournemouth if you don't want to play Ariola against yeah. United, which I don't know. It depends on how United look. Yeah. In eight, and, and if Turner's still playing. Correct. And that too. And if Turner's not, you're happy to play Ariola game every yeah. game week and Turner just sits the bench. Yeah. I don't see a word where Turner gets dropped because he's been so good. But yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously the five at the back here would be Cash, Simicas, uh, Gabriel, Trippier and the pick I put in, Levi Cowell, which I will discuss in a second, but talk me through those four first, Paul. Yeah, I think you get a combination of attacking returns there. Gabriel's probably one where it's you can have some debate around it. Again, he's looked like he's in there now. Like Alteta's it's frustrating because if I actually held him through the bloody benchings, I would have been better off because I would have had the Doji's twelve pointer <laughs> instead of going to Vardiol at the time. And anyway, it is what it is. But Gabriel's the only pick there where it's like you're not getting that for attacking threat. You're getting that for clean sheet first and the odd goal. He typically gets two to three goals a season. Simicas, although he played 60 minutes, didn't surprise me. He played twice for Greece in the international break, and we need him. Robbo's out long-term. We'll tune you up. <laughs> just And you can see we put Gomez on, and it was just a shambles. Like, he was. You know, not, not that Gomez was shambles, but the fact that we don't have another left-back, left-sided defender, Simicas is locked. 
taking corners on that left-hand side, the amount of times that Verge got his head on the ball, Canate got his head on the ball. Even with one in in the open play, that looked really good. And yeah. we, as Liverpool fans, we expect that because we've seen Simicast play enough. But we honestly, and I know you think this too because we've said this, he would start for most other Premier League sides. Yeah. He's just behind He's one of the quality. Best Premier League left-backs in Robbo. And it wouldn't surprise me if we see that most 65, 70 minutes if Liverpool are in control – won't surprise me if he comes off because we can't actually afford him to get injured. But and I honestly think in Europa League, you've got to see him play. not play. No, he won't play. That's a good and sign. If you don't see him play in the Europa League this week, you know he's nailed for the weekend. Yeah. So I really like the pick. We're going to get up to six to 12 weeks of Simi playing left back, depending on Robbo's recovery. So I think if you don't have him and you've got nothing else to do, I'd be prioritising him because yeah. it's just such an enabler at that price point. He's categorically coming in for me this game week. It just depends if he's coming in for a hit, which yeah. I know sounds crazy, but that's because I would make other moves to get rid of Lamptey, or if he's coming in for your doji, which is the way I'm leaning because my midfield's actually in a good spot. Yeah. So um, that's Simi wrapped up. Trippier, again, I, I think Trippier now. The price hurts because of, you know, 6.7, 6.8. I don't know what he is exactly, but... He's showing why he's so good. Like, the minute they get a clean sheet, he just cleans up. And we saw that last year. I had him the whole year last year. I didn't sell him. He was just – he's a bonus point machine. He yeah. just – he doesn't score. Like, he, he does it without goals. And that's the thing. Like, you know, he gets a – I'd call it a lucky assist at the weekend as well. Like, There's a few of those, though. He does. But he's in the area. Like, he he's that advanced on that right-hand side that you put yourself in that area enough times in a game, you're going to be able to connect the ball. And, you know, it's not like he's just whipping balls into people's heads. Like he's pinging these balls across the box and you got runners in there like Gordon, you know, sniffing at the, the back post there on the left-hand side. who has two chances in the first half and thankfully takes the second one. But he's on set pieces. He takes free kicks. Like there's just too many routes to goals for or for returns for Trippier that I think he's essential. And then Matty Cash, again, doesn't get the return this week, but playing right mid, you just you know that with this run of fixtures that he's going to at least get the couple of assists or clean sheets at the same time. So I think those four are locked in, and I was very jealous when I was rolling around with Ben Chilwell when you were rolling around with the double up of Chilwell and Colwell, and Colwell was the one that was staying on the pitch long enough and not getting benched. And again, he's a real good play into that Chelsea defence, and I'll let you talk about him because I know you were hot on him at the start of the season. Yeah, I was hot on him straight away because I think he's nailed, and I think he's great, and I actually like him for bonus points because you saw it when he got a bonus points a couple of times because he plays with the ball with his feet so well and has such a high pass completion. He gets that as well. But the main reason that I think you put Koa on your game week wildcards is you got to remember you're wildcarding from now to about game week 28. That's the earliest. Yeah. You know, from game week 16 defensively, Chelsea's fixtures swing back to very, very good. Like when I mean very good, I mean, if Paul brings it up here in game week 16, you got Everton, Sheffield, Wolves, Palace, Luton, Fulham. He doesn't leave his side to game week 21. You bench him against Liverpool in game week 22, and then you get Wolves and Palace in the return fixture before it gets more difficult. And then you're looking at selling him from 25. At, correct. But, that but is, you're wildcarding around there anyway. That's a guy that you bring in now. You leave on your bench. He's only 6% owned. And then you catch any of the price rises when people actually look to bring him in yeah. later down the track. And he's the guy that you bench. You know, you've got other options there too. And in emergencies, he's got to play for Chelsea. And yeah. From this year, what you've seen at Chelsea, they're better defensive than they are going forward. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So that's where your defense is. Again, it gives you good coverage. It gives you some different options there. Some are attacking. Some are there for bonus points and clean sheet potential. So very balanced defense. Midfield, I don't think we need to really drum on too much about what the midfield 
gives us because it's what the forward line does for us. So obviously we still have Archer in there and that's where you might go, don't know how I feel about Archer. Understand that. You got 2.3 in the bank. You're at 6.8. There are still good options here at 6.8. You could ride a Wissa as our third forward amongst that. Again, good enough fixtures got the return of the weekend. Dom Solanke, again, plays week in, week out for Bournemouth. Has very rideable. Very rideable. Has four goals and an assist and has not has played every game. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So surprisingly, he's played almost every minute of the season. He, he won't leave that side. He will not leave the side. And he's got a one return every two games, which in a team like Bournemouth isn't bad. And he's actually looked okay. And they, they've had some tough games. They've got a good run of games. So if you wanted to take the Solanke punt, you can. Odson Edward is coming back. He played 90 minutes against Newcastle. I had him in my team. I got him in after this Wolves double, and he got me that goal against Aston Villa. Again, wouldn't be going near Edward at the moment because the other things are, you know, in play. A one-year, a lot of people were very keen on a one-year. Should be back off the bench this week for Forest against Liverpool. I can't see him starting, nah. especially with Wood scoring a double at the weekend. Again, a one-year, decent option as you, you know, your what, ninth attacker. So you, there's a world where you look at a Matthias Cunha as well, who's started to get the minutes going. Wolves look solid. I actually really like Wolves. I do too. Between Wang Chan, Neto, and Mateus Cunha. They look dynamic. It's good. It is good. So there are options there, though, is what I'm trying to get at. I want like, me to give you the two best options, I think, for that role if you want to be a bit different from Archer. And you haven't mentioned the both. Um, with the injuries Brighton have, Joe Pedro, it looks yet again. I know everyone's thinking Joe Pedro. <laughs> troll. Yeah, with the troll. He looks like at 5.3 million, he could be a bit of a steal because he's starting to play minutes again, 88, 64. I don't think his minutes are going to stay like that for the foreseeable future. Um, and the other one, which I know that, you know, you're not even thinking this, Paul, but if you could go and bring up Brozier's price for me, please. Yeah, you're just talking about how fits he's going to be. 4.9 is such a steal. And we don't know when his return date is, but if it is in the next few weeks, I do not see a world where if Jackson goes through this poor run of form again. Well, Jackson didn't even start, did he, at the weekend? No, not at all. Uh, I, no, he got 24 minutes, so I he's see, out the team now. I see, I see a world where Brozier comes in off this injury and probably gets some minutes, and as your ninth attacker for 4.9 Yeah, million, it's not the worst. Playing for Chelsea in this fixture run. And I'm not a Chelsea fan. I'm wearing blue, but I've got Liverpool top underneath. It could be a decent option there too. The concern with Chelsea is it's how good they look with like a Sterling centrally with them like Mudrich and Palmer. And to be fair, if you're going down the asset of, oh, I want Broch as my knife attacker, you probably get Cobalt for 0.1 mil and you get Alvarez in the first spot there. And yeah. you go to three four three, But that's a team that has so much money in the bank. For the midfield, for those playing along at home that can't see it, Salah, Son, Madison, Saka with Matoma. That's a big, heavy, heading five. And it still has 2.3 mil in the bank with Archer. Yeah. And with any of those options, you still got money in the bank as well. That yeah. we just mentioned up front. It's just – and that's what selling Haaland gives you. That's the, the kicker. And, like, we can bring up things like XGI. Just bear with me because I am bringing up a lot of data um, tonight, guys. So, sorry if you are listening at home. I don't know what I've just done there. Share screen. It's okay, guys. Just think about when you triple captain and unlike Paul Harlan gets like a hat trick. Just just think about it for a second. So when we're looking at things like expected gold involvement, now we're expecting Harlan to have extremely high XGI because he plays in a team that creates so many chances. So Correct. his is three higher than Alexander Isaac, which actually surprised me as the second. It shows how good he is when he's fit. 
because when he is fit, and if Wilson wasn't a player that ever existed, he would be 90 minutes every week. He would not leave our teams. He'd be better than Watkins. Yeah. Right? But that's not the case, obviously. So here we are. So then we know Nicholas Jackson, to start the season's data, was incredible, and he's actually maintained because no one else has been able to catch up to him just yet. But we know he's not a fantastic option. I started with him. I rode him through the first seven weeks, whatever it was, and that was painful. And I don't know how I'm in the top 300K with starting with Nicholas Jackson and getting one return out of him. But we're here. Watkins, his data is increasing, which is very, very good to see. Wisses has actually stayed relatively strong too with a 4.7. So he's actually matched Watkins this year for XGI. But I think a lot more of Wisses has been goal threat where a lot of Watkins has been – I'm just trying to bring it up. Yeah, Wisses got 4.4 XG with a 3 and Watkins has five goals from a 3.89 XG and Watkins has a 0.79 XA compared to a 0.21 in Whistler. So if you're going Whistler, you're getting goal threat. You're not getting any creativity. Yeah. The big thing for me I like looking at is shots. That's what's got me where I've had this resurgence. It's who is taking shots because end of the day, you don't get points if you don't take shots. That's my mantra right now. Kuliseski, anybody? Exactly right. And that's what's working for me, and that's what's been working for my midfield picks. I've been trying to take midfielders that are taking shots, and the one that I don't have is bloody Madison because I just couldn't get to him. But Harland has had 34 shots, and 33 of them have been inside the box, Crazy, which was his one shot that wasn't outside the box. Is that the weekend? It has to be. It's the only... Yeah, is and it? he scored it. <laughs> he scored from just outside yeah. the box in the weekend. That, that from outside the area. <laughs> yes, I had to think shot. about it. I was like, was that from outside the area? His first shot was from outside the area. Was so if this Harlan, week? If Harlan's shooting from outside the box, it's just going in. Yeah, it's like green time on fever. <laughs> so Harland again, he's like the anomaly. He's what he's meant to be. Ollie Watkins in twenty less or thirty minutes less has only had five less shots. Granted. 12 of his of 29 have been on target. 20 of Harlan's 34 have been on target. So there's a bit of an issue with Watkins' conversion, which has been well-spoken about his whole time at Villa. And if you're going to own him, he's not always wasteful, but he's not cl- he's not a clinical striker. It was wasteful this morning for Diaby's pass. That would have been nice, yeah. mate. But then what's surprising is you get Wisser in there with 28 shots, but Wisser is more wasteful than... <laughs> Then Watkins with nine of those on target. So I don't know the quality of Vissa's shots, but that's a big concern for me. But then Alvarez is here with 27, then Morris with 25, but six on target. So you do want to try and find someone who... Hudson Edwards, the one, 23 shots, but has 10 on target, double digits on target with 23 shots. If he comes back to some sort of fitness... Yep. And Palace start looking again like they did and Eze's fit. And, and Elise Eze. actually comes in, yeah. which is why I had Edward. And I had no intention of selling him until we got injured Correct. as well. I, so. I'm the same. And to be fair, if he comes back with a resurgence, I'm telling you right now, for me, it's 4-5-1 most weeks. And Edward plays a good fixture. Yeah. So the kicker for me, though, amongst the top 10 is that from 18 shots, Isaac has a 5.4 XG, which absolutely kills anybody for like – quality of chances into shots, into high-quality chances. The minute Callum Wilson gets his injury, I will be jumping at anything to get on him because he's just a data machine that's playing in a good team. Yeah, if Isaac ever gets nailed, he's just he's better than Watkins. He's better than, you know, he's better than Darwin. He's better than all of them. Yeah, so if you had to pick three that didn't include... Harland, where are you going? Free strikers. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're still going Watkins because he's 
great, even though we both don't own him. Um, look, there's I a think, big name that wasn't on that list. I think Darwin starts the next three, and he's the name that you're probably alluding to. Um, Darwin is just a he's his dart is always monstrous as well, right? But for me, with Dar- Darwin, is it's just about minutes and ninety minutes. As Liverpool fans, I'm telling you right now, I think he starts next three, and that's the reason why I've did this. And he gets benched for Man City, and then he starts the next few after that because it's kind of what we do. Um, so I'm very, very happy with uh, Darwin being the other one. And to be fair, even though Isaac's on the screen, and I do love him, and I think he's great. Uh, he's part- not on their screen. He's on our screen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think. The if, question marks are there, though, and that's if, the problem. If Wilson wasn't a thing, I would be more on this. So I, this I is the issue. Lean, I think you lean Alvarez to cover C. Yeah. This is the issue I've got with Isaac. In game week eight, he plays 85 minutes, gets 13 points, and then he plays 20 minutes against Crystal Palace because they've got Dortmund this week in Champions League. Correct. That's the hard bit. You almost want them to hurry up and get out of Europe because Isaac starts every week if – doesn't mean he plays 90 minutes. He but plays 60 and then Wilson 60 comes 60 to 70 minutes of Isaac, though, most weeks, is going to at least get it's you gonna eight be, points. It's going to be outstanding. So probably those are my three. What would your three be? Yeah, it's Watkins, Darwin. I think it's Alvarez. Yeah. I, Just whilst the, Bru- whilst the Bruins not fit, we know Alvarez is playing in that creative role. And I did, and I spoke about this when I brought him in, in my team, and I brought him in for a couple of weeks. And, then I ended up wildcarding, which was, wasn't an intentional wildcard. My team needed a wildcard because I had bloody five flags, whatever it was. So that wasn't a planned wildcard. It was just I had Edward and a couple others that were like, you know, they're not playing at all. So. And yet again, if you want to fund those free strikers, it's, you know, you're moving Matoma to Cole, Cole Palmer and you got the money in the bank and got and you're, you can do it. And that's the beauty of not having Harlan, where if you got Harlan, you're, sh- you're a little bit shoehorned well, into more, a Gordon or a Palmer or yeah, if you want to have everybody else. Yeah, and it's more that if you want Trippier, Son, Salah and Harlan, something has to give. And that's, you know, you just got to accept that. And at the moment for us, it's Watkins and it's, uh, you know, one Alvarez. or a Matoma or an Alvarez or whatever it is. Yeah, and if we can cover that with Gordon Diaby's, yeah. I think that's where we're at. Perfect. Well, let's go from the Harlan chat now, and I'm going to categorically end it by saying that I think if you're on a Game Week 10 wildcard, I do think about Harlan is... Is viable. I think it's... I'm not going to say it's essential um, to do it, to go out Harlan. I'm not going to say Harlan is essential either. Yeah. I'm going to tell you it's viable, and if you do it, I wish you all the very best, and I really hope Harlan scores eight against Bournemouth. But, <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm very jealous. Yeah. All right. Do you want to lead us off? Yeah. So we've obviously got a few things going on in the in the uh, in the chat here that we're going to go through. Um, if you bring SFC edits team up here, Paulie, my team list is Edison, Ariola, money in the goalkeeper spot. Interesting. Udoji, Trippier, Cash, Botman, Estupian, Son, Imbuemo, Neto, Madison, Saka, and the attackers are Harlan, Alvarez, and Carlos Vinicius from Fulham. Interesting pick that one too. Are you looking to wildcard into that team or out of that team? I actually think he's looking at wildcard because that is his team. Yeah, because it's got a Stupian in it. The things that you could do with that team are quite interesting. And to be fair, if you want to hold a Stupian, I don't mind that either because, you know, you're going to have money in the bank if you go about Harlan. So would I? Would you wildcard? I think if you haven't wildcarded yet, this is the game to do it or you hold your piece, as they would say. And get into um, 
you get into game week 19. Um, by the way, Stupin's expected to come back on the 4th of November. So in two game weeks time? No, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah, two game two weeks. Two game weeks. He misses Everton and then he's back for Sheffield, which is not too bad. And, yeah, look, I would wild card with that team only because I think you can get more money out for Edison and you could do a few other things with the team. I actually think that team's still not too bad on paper, though. It's just probably the Botman, you're stooping in double defenders, so you're kind of shoehorned into your doggy trip of your cash, which isn't the worst three, but you just don't have flexibility there at all. But if you can hold – I think right now, if you're not desperate to wildcard, you've got – Sun and Buemo, Madison, Neto's fine. Saka's fine. Harland and Alvarez are fine. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's not, it's not desperately needing a wild card. It depends. What are you targeting? That's the big one. In SFC. Like, what's the thought process behind wild carding? Is it about cover, or is it about being able to actually target something, or taking money, or having another city asset instead of Edison? For those reasons, I could probably understand that. Otherwise, you're probably waiting for some more information on some of those guys because they're all pretty well locked in. Like, Botman's another week or so away, I think, but he won't play instantly. But other than that, like, Mbwemo, again, he's shown at the weekend. He can just pop up anyway because Brentford typically play well in games they're not meant to play well in. Um, Neto, they are a good team. Neto's a good player in a side where he's creating everything too. So I don't think that needs to blow up. So... Dim, I don't know if you're hanging around still. If you are, send me a message on Discord with your team so we can get into that. I know you've messaged about getting your team looked at as well. I guess uh, we should be able to bring it up via the. Oh, we can. Good point. League. Through the league, you are correct, amigos. Yes. Let me. All right. Totally, we'll go do it. In the end, Dim's looking to see what he should do, but it sounds like he's got two transfers. Looking to go Walker to Gabriel and maybe find a way for Neto to become Bowen. It'd be interesting to see. Maybe he's thinking of taking a hit here to Dim. Because Dim's played his wild card, hasn't he? Yeah, he played it very early, like game week five early. Yeah. All right. I'm just bringing it up now. For those listening, here we go. Here is Dimmy's side. you got 73 points. Turner, Walker, Byrne, Kabore, Neto, DRB, Son, Salah, Rashford, Alvarez of Harlan, Captain. On the bench, he had Flecken, unlucky buddy. Uh, then he got six points. Uh, Gwaihi, Archer. And Malo Gusto still in the team on the Jeez. bench as well. Well, he's playing because James is injured, so yeah. I don't mind it. And that's similar to your Colwell pick. But then if you're waiting for game week 16, James Gusto's situation will change. But I think that's because Dim must have wildcarded around when that injury happened. Correct. Though. He did. So yeah. he could get Gusto in. So what were the moves again? Sorry, let me just bring it up. He was uh, looking to go from Walker to Gabriel, which frees up some funds because Walker's uh, 5.3 and Gabriel's 4.7. 4. So it gives you an extra point. 5.6. Yeah, Man City's defense. So I've been a Man City defender owner for a short period of time this season and with Vardiol. Now, I got a clean sheet. So I had him in for Sheffield. They conceded stupidly. I had him for Fulham. Conceded stupidly. I got the clean sheet against Forrest and then I think I got off of him for Wolves. But this Man City defense have kept three clean sheets all season. Now, I will say this about City. Their XGA numbers, XG against. Yeah, uh, we said this last year, though. so good. They are a team that just can see One. every first shot they face. I would love to know what Edison's save percentage is in the league because yeah. it must be low. Yeah. He seems to concede every chance. Not saying that I 
going to say Edison's a bad keeper. I will say that I think Allison's the best keeper in the world and Edison is not Brazil's number one, and that's ludicrous that he is. Um, but outside of that, I don't. I honestly think Edison's not even in the top five goalkeepers in the league, which I know is a big call. But when it comes to shot-stopping, that man is not particularly good enough to hold the XG numbers. So, you know, mm. for me, uh, if that's the case and the keeper has question marks about his shot-stopping ability, then yeah. I think Walker's not an option. And, yeah, that move to Gabriel's a very good move there, Dim. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was just looking at your goalkeepers there because it's a really weird combination. And I just had to look at who Flecken played. And they played Burnley at home. And... Forrest had Luton at home. So that is a tough Oh, that's a tough one, Dim. I can I can understand why you went Turner too. Oh, I think I backed oh, Brentford back in there. Brentford's better defence, but that's tough. Which is a five point swing, which does hurt. That, that's one of those ones where if you flip a coin and it goes Turner, then so I think be it. the big move you gotta make is Rashford has to go. Rashford has to be your priority, gone. So you're looking at Walker to Gabriel, maybe find a way Neto to become Bowen. I would keep Neto. And I'm moving Rashford to Bowen and give yourself funds to do more in future game weeks, like move Malo Gusto on. Yeah. Unless you really think he's going to be nailed when James is back. My concern is Guayhi, who does have good fixtures coming up. So if your defense is going to be Burn, Gabriel, Guayhi. Kabore needs to be your 15th player. That's, yep. you know, I got rid of him for Simi because I had to, because that was the only way I was going to do it. If you have two, two free transfers, you got to use them both this week. I honestly think, Dim, your moves are Walker to Gabriel, yep. Rashford to Bowen, to Bowen, and then roll next week. You're taking a hit this week, Dim. It's Gusto to a better defender that has good fixtures right now. Now, that could be another Palace defender so you can play him from the next few weeks. But for me, it's not doing that because at the moment no. you have to pay Kabore. So I'm going to uh, – maybe I'm doubling up on the Arsenal defence here against Sheffield. I'm doing something like that. And the main reason for that is is at the moment with the way those fixtures line up, you're playing Burn. That's not the worst. You don't want to be playing Guayhi against Spurs. You don't want to be playing Kabore. Gabriel will play. You're not playing Gusto this week, I yeah. don't think. So for me um, – that leaves you with a very big decision. He's got point two in the bank, uh, just for reference. I honestly think that you probably move him Malagusta onto another four point five million dollar asset for a hit. So you got to go up, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that will obviously the fund from Walker down to Gabriel will fund that. And maybe is there a, and a the world where Rashford, and Rashford, can... Rashford to Bowen funds a lot? Oh, Rashford at City. Yeah, I'm getting rid of him now. I'm getting rid of him for Bowen. For Bowen, I know they go Fulham, Luton, and whatever. But have you yeah. seen how they've looked? You saw what happened well, against Sheffield. There's Rashford. Look at Rashford. Yeah, it, it's gone three, two, seven, seven, two, three, two, two, two. That's, yeah, it, it sounds like for a, a nine number for a nine million asset. That's now down to eight point seven. I think time to to sell Rashford and maybe bite the bullet with. They do have a good run of fixtures coming up. Oh, not good run. Fulham, Luton, Everton. Everyone's talking about that and everyone that's got Bruno Fernandes is talking about holding him now, which I can understand with Bruno because he gets the penalty. Yeah, but with Rashford, just limited opportunities there to get points. I just think he's a priority. So sometimes you just need to take a hit. This would be one set of those your team ones up. that you just take the negative four, but you hope the defender you bring in gets a clean sheet and rides that. Can Rashford go straight to Saka? Can go to Saka or straight to Bowen? I would probably try to get Saka in for Sheffield. That's probably not a bad shout, either. But that'd be the same price now. 
Yes, no, that was 0.8.5, so you get 0.2. No, it wouldn't be 5. He's 8.5. He this, dropped all the way to 8.5. Surely not. Go have a look. I'm telling you right now, he's 8.5. Keep talking. Yeah, well, I know I'm right. I'm looking at the screen. He's 8.5. Oh my God. I'm telling you, he dropped that much. Everyone sold him. Everybody sold him. He went down from 60% to 47%. Yeah, Jesus. He what dropped like no man's business. And I like well, the move. Yeah. My right. issue is that means he might have to keep Gusto then because he might not have enough funds to get to a better See, defender. See, I like Bowen, though, yes. playing up front with... Get Simakas in. 4.5. You only have to 5.3. And going from Rashford to... 8.7 to 8.5. 5 is 0.2 that gives you 0.4. You're then going from Walker down to... Gabriel. So... What's point five? So you have point seven in the bank. You can go up from to Gusto four point five. There you go, Dim. Your your moves are Gusto to Simicas, um, Walker to Gabriel, and Rashford to Saka. Done. And it's a negative four, and you're going to get a clean sheet from Simicas. Maybe you never know. Yeah, you never know because yeah. our defense isn't great, but you get good attacking potential with some potential clean sheets. You get over there Saka against Sheffield, who is a differential captain if you really want to go that way. Right? Not this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can back against Salah. Um, and you get to obviously Simicast against in the same fixture, and with the attacking return, I actually really like that. Yeah. So just bringing Dim's team up one more time, there that would put you in a good spot. Burn gets Wolves. You're bringing Simicast in against Forest. You're bringing Gabrielle in against Sheffield United. So that's yep. two really decent defensive fixtures. And realistically, only one of them needs to hit out of Gabrielle and Simi yep. in order to get that. The only thing is, is that Arsenal game? I think it's away. So if that Arsenal game's away, that's no, home. No, they're at home, mate. Their home forms shit. Like they win, but they concede at home, which is a bit annoying. Then your midfield's solid. Then you've got uh, Saka there at home. Again, it's better home data than he does away data, which yeah. is interesting. How are you going, JS? I've just seen that you're in the, the chat there. Salah, again, he's probably your captain this week with Sun just doing what he does. Diaby with a good fixture run. Neto. He's almost fixture-proof. like of just how they play. But like, look how he's ticked on. 7, 10, 5, 9, 4, 5, 4. You take that. And that's just from a 5.8 million asset now. Who was 5.5 five when Dim brought him in. Yeah, and you just take that and you ride him because he's so good at what he does there, Dim. He, yeah. he, he's happy. You're almost at the spot now where if the RB doesn't go again, even though they have good fixtures, where you move into Matoma. And that's even more money in the bank for you in next week. Not yeah. now, as in next week. Yeah. Or your role. So team is definitely in a good spot there, Dim. So... I'm sure you'll climb up the ranks from 2.2 very quickly with that in mind. So you prioritise Gusto up 100%. I oh, would. yeah. What's going on with our camera? Oh, hello, camera. You've gone off. just died here and I can't reach. I might just need you to turn it off. We'll keep going with the Treaters podcast. You just flick it off. So like there's a little slide button there. Yeah, yeah. On the top. No, no, right on top. No, no. Uh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All good. And then turn it back on. Oh, I know what it is. It's gone flat. Yep. Um, there is a charging cord around the back. Look, we're just going to ride with this because I'm not going to edit it. Yep. The battery is dead. I can see that. And I can't get up at the moment because I don't have my moon boot on. So there should be like a little cable there that plugs into the side where the HDMI cable is. This is it's, good. This it's... is good data, boys. This is very good. <laughs> All right. So whilst Damo is looking, it's literally tucked in like behind the camera. Like it should be like, no, no, no. Like on the t edge of the table, it should be like tucked in somewhere there, like a little micro USB thing. Yep, I'll find it. Don't yeah, worry. so Damo's looking for the charger for the camera. I did completely forget to plug that in. That's my fault. So where we're at with everything is my team. Again, as I've said, I'm bringing it up for you guys now. Good thing we've got this on screen. I think Damo's just found the cable. I've got to make a big call here around what I do. So it plugs in above the HDMI one. And then, yep, is it in? 
Yep. And you just got to turn it on. Yep. Then they just slide it across. There we go. We should be good. Uh, Sorry to audio listeners. Oh, I might have turned it off. Yeah. So now you turn it back, it back on. on and it should be good now. And I'll be back. It might be that. Yeah, we're back. Hey. <laughs> there we go. What I was bringing to my team was I've only got the one free transfer at the moment. For me, it's a roll this week. I don't think I've got anything desperately that I need to do. Your team is very much the decision around Simicas, whether you take the hit, whether you go with you doji down. It's just people that I want. I want Saka and I want Matoma. But at the same time, my midfield is just so solid that, like, you know, he doesn't really deserve a hit. Is is Diaby that much of an issue? You're hitting him out before he plays Luton at no, home? No. So it, for me, it's just you doji down to Simi Cass because we point and roll the, the bank. And then we roll it again. And I have two game week transfers next week. Obviously, we're not bringing in Saka or an Arsenal defender when they play Newcastle yeah, next week. That, that's the then the And then starts. after that, then you're, you're bringing in two Arsenal assets. So it might be the case that, um, we you know. We miss out on the Sheffield home game. But... Correct. But I'll get Madison and I'll get Son against Palace who aren't going to score and are going to probably sit there and. Yet again, the way Spurs well, play, they're probably going to pick off goals. Yeah, and then you're looking at Diaby. I've got Bowen, you've got Madison, and then Gordon against Wolves. Like, I think Backers said it the best so far. Bakar said it the best. You're sometimes getting rid of good options for essential options, and sometimes you can hold a good option because they're a good option, and that's where my mindset is at the moment. So it's, it's same with me. It's I don't want to be reactionary for the sake of being reactionary. So. I'm very happy with the spot my team's in long-term. Again, Udoji's probably the move out for me next week. It's just that I jumped the gun on the Simicast move, which means you can roll. Paid off, which means this week I roll instead of last week. So. Yeah, which means for me, I bring him in for Udoji this week and forward that move because the Spurs fixtures turn and as much as I love Udoji as a footballer. and yeah, might- It's not translating to fantasy though. It, correct. I, I just think it's now a good time to take that price rise that we've had on him. Yeah. Move the funds on and bring in a cheaper option that is going to go up in funds again. Yeah. And then just keep doing that asset and hopefully Levi Cobble drops in price so I can get to yeah. um, in that second rotation. Yeah, of could, swapping could, that defender. I could get to um I could get to uh Lamptey to him. For me, the know. only decision I gotta make is around Botman because there's a world where Palace Chelsea no, yeah, I don't there's even... a world where you could hold um your doji and then do the other thing. I just but don't know where I'm going to play him here. I, I though. honestly think I honestly think you could sell him and then bring in an Arsenal defender and put him on the bench and then play them in yeah. twelve onwards. Yeah, I think. But that's I think likely. by that stage he got Wolves and it's, it, yet again it's good enough that he could be okay. But really you're playing the long. You're playing the long play there, and I think the long play for Botman is just to hold him because. They're going to just manage him properly. Their run is still good enough after Arsenal too. I, I, I expect him to come in for this Bournemouth game. That's my headspace around it. He's probably ready for Arsenal, but you're not. Oh, they're saying 11th of November, so they're saying Bournemouth again. He goes Bournemouth, Chelsea, United, Everton, Spurs, Fulham, Luton, Forest. There's enough in there where he starts, and you know yeah. he's at 4.7. If he goes down to 4.5, is it much of a muchness? I don't know. We'll see. But that's where we're at this week, guys. If you've enjoyed the podcast, make sure you give it a big review. Or if you're here on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We will be back next week for our review of Game Week 10. The season is marching. Once again, if you've been watching, the league code has been uh, going across your screen for an hour. So make sure you do jump in the um, the league there, the Classic League 
because I'm going to keep it open all year, I think. So if you do join us through the season, there's nothing at stake there. It's just a bit of bit of fun. Bit of fun. See how we go. Easy way to get your team up in the pod if you ever need help as well. Yeah, exactly right. So that's where we're going to leave it this week. Once again, make sure you go over to our socials, Pauly29 on my YouTube, Damo underscore 23 on YouTube, Damo. And make sure you get over to FPL Dopata on Twitter to see all the updates. That will wrap us up here for our Game Week 9 review. And we'll see you next week for Game Week 10. Bang.